0: Mark, 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 1230. You've heard it before. Or if you haven't, here you go. You must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, all of your strength. This is God's word. So we have been looking at the message and the mission of our church and to determine the message, what we should be saying what we should be telling people and each other. We just worked through the different sermons um, in Acts. We've been there. We've been in Acts enough. Okay. Uh, Jesus uh, was born, lived, taught, died, was raised, and then taught some more for 40 days. Uh, Ascended to the Father's right hand at the height of the heavens, poured out the Spirit in a unique, powerful, Uh, way on that upper room and then the apostles preached right they did what he said to do and they preached one message they preached the day of the lord and the restoration of all things they preached jesus as the guy in charge of that they preached the cross before that day for the forgiveness of sins for anyone who would repent of their sins who would turn from them and trust in him and they said you can believe these things are true because god raised jesus from the dead okay And they said that from Acts 2 to Acts 28. Jesus said, Acts 1, you will be my witnesses. This is what they bore witness to. Okay? That that is the message. And as those people here now in 2023 who have received that same message, that faith handed down, this should be our message. Okay? I don't want to say anything different than what the apostles were saying. I think it's true. I think it's right. I think it's worth... Um, giving myself to and so based on the message now we're going to look at our our mission what kind of lifestyle what kind of ministry flowed out of believing in the day of the lord and the hope of the messiah and the cross and the resurrection what what do they give themselves to their mission was when our mission to be worship discipleship and evangelism worship Pledging love, trust, and loyalty to God. Discipleship, walking that narrow path, following Jesus, and encouraging each other along that path. And evangelism, bearing witness to the gospel with our words and with our deeds. Okay? So that's what we're going to look at for the next um, several weeks here. Starting with, Stoney started us last week with worship uh, as patient faith. Today we're going to look at worship as pledging love, uh, trust, and loyalty to our king, this, this is the first and the greatest commandment from the lips of Jesus. Mark 12, the most important commandment is this. Seems important. The most important, actually. The most important commandment is this. Listen, Israel, the Lord our God is one and the only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, all of your strength so jesus says quoting uh from uh, god's covenant to israel at sinai in deuteronomy 6 that those in covenant with god are to love god with with everything okay love god with everything and every christian in every church would say amen right like you hear that oh yeah let's love god let's let's do the thing uh but we want to clarify what does it mean to love god right say love god yes what does that mean OK, let, let's let's define terms. What does it mean to worship God and God alone? I think we find um, in the scriptures the primary emphasis of love, uh, the, the emphasis of, from Deuteronomy, the emphasis from Jesus here is that love is loyalty, fidelity and allegiance. OK, it is covenantal. This is what we're doing in marriage. Right? I am pledging myself only to you, no one else. Love. This. This is what love is. So love is not primarily uh, singing songs and 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 praying and and journaling. Okay, though those things are good. I could never figure out journaling. I'm 31. Maybe this is the year. Okay, but this. This is not. These are overflows of allegiance, of fidelity, of loyalty. These things flow out of it. Love is primarily. Two parties making commitments, solemn promises to one another, pledging loyalty, fidelity to one another. Okay, so this is again how the Bible defines it. So when God makes the covenant at Sinai, lightning, thunder, smoke, the whole bit, a meal as well. Okay, the whole bit, he says to Moses, Exodus 34, the Lord. Passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord, compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and abounding in loyal love. It's a, uh, word hesed. Okay, some of your Bibles will say uh, loving kindness or faithfulness. This is what it this is what love is. It's faithfulness, it's commitment to the people in the party. And how is Israel to respond to this pledge of love, this pledge of fidelity? From the Lord, Deuteronomy 11, you shall love the Lord your God. Okay, so reciprocate what he's put out here at Sinai and keep his charge, his statutes, his rules, his commandments always. And if you will indeed obey my commandments that I command you today, which are love the Lord your God. Serve him with all your heart, all your soul. For if you'll be careful to do all this commandment that I command you to do, loving the Lord your God. And how do they do that? Walking in all of his ways and holding fast to him, okay? So if, you've, if you're reading your Bible, you've heard hold fast before, right? Genesis 2, Adam, Eve, man, woman. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast, right, to his wife. So we, marriage is about love. Well, marriage is about Holding fast, loyalty, fidelity, um, allegiance, right? Marriage is a covenant of love. It's a pledge of fidelity to one another. So to worship, to to love the Lord in God's terms, to be loyal to him is to pledge allegiance to him and nobody else. Okay, easy, basic, simple. This is what God is demanding of Israel at Sinai. And this is what he's demanding of us now. This is part of our mission to love him, to worship him and nobody else. So if our mission is to follow Jesus in worship, this means we follow him in pledging love, trust, and loyalty first as it regards other gods, okay? We do not worship other gods. Deuteronomy 6, listen, Israel, love the Lord, fear the Lord, worship him only. Verse 14, do not follow after other gods, don't follow the gods of the peoples around you. For the Lord your God, who is among you, is a jealous God. So true for Israel then, right? Don't worship the gods of the nations. You worship Yahweh alone. True for us today? Yeah, we worship only God. Now, our, the, they, they probably don't go by the same names as they did during Moses' time. Baal, Asherah, Marduk, Dagon. Le- right? I don't know of a church of Asherah around here. No, you guys don't. OK, maybe go east or west. They're probably OK. I don't know about here, though. OK, they don't go by by those names anymore, but they're still out there. Right? You know what I mean? Like, guys, you, the the gods in the Old Testament didn't like leave. OK, <laughs> no, you want you to read your Old Testament and go, man, look at all of these gods. And then like they must have just left. No, they're 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 very much out there. OK very much out there and they're still doing the same thing that they have always done and 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 tempting the people of god away from allegiance and love and worship of him alone and the way that they do this did this then the way they do this now is essentially uh through the promise of provision okay i will give you what yahweh cannot give you okay Does that make sense? Like it's very practical to worship another God, to give yourself to another God is just very practical. Okay, Yahweh has promised rain. The rain has not come. Baal says, I'm the storm God. I'm the God. I'm the giver of rain. Worship me, Israel. And guess what? You'll have rain. You'll have crops. You'll be fertile all all the bit. Right. It's not like they just go after other gods because they're like super spiritual and want to. No, they go after other gods because he'll give me rain. He's promising me something that Yahweh at this present moment is not giving me. Okay, they break their vows because the gods promise provision that they're not seeing at the moment from Yahweh. And they'll give this provision if they will just worship them instead. This is why Paul. Oh, Larry's not here. This is this is a Larry nugget that stuck with me for a long time. Ephesians five, five. Um, he says that, uh, a greedy person, he says is an idolater, right? He's worshiping a false God. Well, what is, why are people greedy? Cause I need provision. I, I need more. I need more than I currently have. And if I go after this God, they'll, they'll give it to me, right? It, it's the same thing. Another God has promised to provide and they just took the bait. Right. Like this is bail is the main one just over and over and over. I'll give you rain. I'll give you rain. I'll give you rain. And people turn to bail. Okay, but as members of Christian Life Church, as worshipers of God, as those who are pledging love, trust, loyalty to God, we say, like Jesus, when tempted with provision from another person, we say, no, we worship God and we will trust him To provide, right? This is Jesus in, in the wilderness. The devil, hey, bread, jump off the building, the whole, the kingdoms of the earth. I'll give you all these things. And Jesus says, Matthew 4, no. Go away, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Okay? You're promising things. My father's already promised these to me. Okay? I, like, like the kingdom, you're gonna tempt me with the kingdoms of the earth, dude? You know? You're stupid. I, I get them, okay? I, I, I get them. I'm not going to follow after you, trusting you for, for, for provision when, when my father has said they're mine anyway, okay? So this is, this, this turning allegiance from other gods to the only God, this is the response of Gentiles to the gospel message. And it's like the main one, okay? You read Paul's letters, like hit, Paul's main deal is don't be sexually immoral and don't worship other gods, right you got you gentiles figure that stuff out and you'll inherit eternal life okay so 1st Thessalonians 1 i've heard that you turned to God from idols to serve to worship the living and true God and to wait for right another act of, of worship stony sermon last week to wait for his son from heaven who rescues us from the coming wrath got it to worship God means to pledge allegiance to him and no one else okay this is our mission this is our we do this Every day. Amen. Grant, I love you. You're my favorite. My favorite, okay? Okay? Second, in our mission of worship, we're loyal to Jesus over our family and friends. Okay? Matthew 10. Jesus says, if someone's loyalty to father or mother is greater than his loyalty to me, he's not worthy of me. A person is not worthy of me. me Likewise, if his loyalty to his son or daughter is greater than his loyalty to me. okay, That's 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 a lot. God says, you know, the law says honor your father and mother. But if loyalty to your family butts up against loyalty to Jesus right, to loving and serving and giving yourself to him, Jesus says, you just came over, okay? There's no discussion here. I'm loyal to Jesus over my family. And and this might not be like a super live issue in Tonkawa, Oklahoma, okay? By the grace of God, we have families who have bigger families who have bigger families who all love and serve God. And so it's not like, I'm gonna serve dad or Jesus. Not an issue, okay? I was uh, reading this week. uh, So say you're in a Muslim context. And the man in white appears to you in a dream. <laughs> and he is. And then a preacher comes and explains to you that man in white is Jesus of Nazareth. Okay? And you get that. And you turn to the Lord. Well, in like a radical, like real religious Muslim context, they lock you in a room for three days, give you a chance to repent. If you don't, you're slaughtered. Okay? And you're slaughtered believing Matthew 10, saying, no, I am loyal to Jesus over my family here. Okay? Less religious context. They don't lock you in a room. They take you to the uh, imam, and the imam tries to get you to recant. If you don't, they just beat you. Okay? The, right? Probably not going to happen here in Tonkawa, Oklahoma, but we want the same attitude as the Muslim convert. We want the same attitude of that boy or girl who's turned to the God of Israel, which is it's a whole nother deal in, in that context. Turned to the God of Israel and said, I will be loyal to him Over my family, over my um, friends, okay? So if it comes to it, members of Christian Lecture, we choose loyalty to Jesus over our families. In in all the different ways that that could look, okay? Third, our mission of worship means loyalty to Jesus over our reputation, Mm -hmm. all right? Second Timothy ten, he says, I endure everything for the sake of the elect. The enduring here, the context of Second Timothy, is public shame, public scorn, just not being well thought of or well liked by the community. Okay, they're not killing people in Second in Timothy, it's just like you're a pariah, right? You're you're off. I endure all of that, that they too may obtain salvation that is in Jesus Christ with eternal glory, the resurrection come here's a trustworthy saying okay so timothy i'm during all of this timothy you're following after me i'm following after jesus you're going to endure all of this so here's a trustworthy saying for you timothy here's something to have in your guts here's a trustworthy saying if we died with him Okay? If if in this age if we give all of our worship and loyalty to him and that brings shame and dishonor and all sorts of other um negative things on us, if we uh, share in his sufferings and, and bear his reproach, if we've died with him, we will also live with him, okay? So he's saying Timothy, endure it now, you get raised from the dead, okay? Light momentary affliction preparing for you an eternal weight of glory. Do the math, okay? If we have died with him, we will live with him. If we endure now in this age, we will also reign with him in the kingdom, right? Do the math. Do do the thing. That's positive reinforcement from Paul. Like, hey, I know the shame and contempt and scorn hurts and it's hard, especially if it's coming from people that you love who no longer love you, but endure. You will reign, die, and you will live, Okay. Positive reinforcement from old man Paul to young Timothy. However, Paul doesn't just hold out carrot. Paul also has stick because Paul is a disciple maker. If we disown him, if we do not hold fast to him, right? Covenant language, marriage language. If we disown him, he will also disown us. Okay. If we are faithless, he will remain faithful. Okay, I know that's a coffee mug verse that we like. It's not a good thing, not a positive thing that if I'm faithless, he'll remain faithful to me in this way. No, the context is disowning me. I disown him. He disowns me. I'm unfaithful to him. He, he'll be faithful to the covenant, the covenant. You know, what I mean, like, the, like the, it's a it's a it's a negative thing that Paul's holding out to Timothy. He's like, hey, die with him, reign with him. Right. Suffer with him. Live with him. Disown him. He, he disowns you. Both parties made pledges here, and there's real consequences to to abandoning those pledges to keep our reputation, right? Because that's the context of 1 Timothy, for, or Second Timothy. 1 Corinthians 16, if someone is not loyal to the Lord, right? Someone's not loyal to the Lord, let him be cursed and set apart for utter destruction. Maranatha, our Lord, come. Okay? So... Again, we're not living in Timothy's time or or, or Paul's time. We're not living in Corinth or whatever. There's different interactions in your public life. There will be opportunity to be loyal, to choose loyalty to your reputation over loyalty to Jesus. Okay? Maybe this hasn't come up yet, but I think if you've been to school, it has. Okay? Because that's (laughs) your first social interaction. That's that's where it starts. Okay, so if you're raising children to love Jesus and follow Jesus, school uh, immediately brings up this struggle of loyalty to Jesus or loyalty to my reputation. Okay, like I have uh, early early like early memories of of these things. Okay, of social pressure encouraging me um, to sin. Okay, and let me just clarify. like, to cuss, okay? <laughs> I... Let me tell Yeah, that was about the extent for me. You know, I was never tempted with um, sex because no one wanted to have sex with me. I was never... I, I was never tempted with drugs or, or partying because no one ever invited me to a party, so I don't... Maybe I would have, I don't know. Um, but I I remember just early... Like, man, there's a group, there's a group of peers who want me to do something that I kn- know is wrong. Yeah. Mom told me is wrong. Pastor Mark told me is wrong. Ray and Chantel and, and Kelly and Mark, they said, do not do that. And I remember that coming on. I'm just having to make a conscious decision. Like, you know, yeah. I would be cooler if I did this, but I want to be loyal to Jesus I want to be loyal to my parents, right? The wrath of Max, you know? Uh, I, but it, it starts early. Like, early, early, early. This comes up, right? And, and you got to shoot. Like, am I going to be have a reputation with people whose acceptance I really, really crave, right? It's not like it's just some people are wired differently. Like, I don't care what you think. I wasn't wired that way. I, I love Jesus, and I want him to be accepted by these people. And I, I just remember, like, early, like, no, I, I got to be loyal to Jesus. And so you can keep your reputation as a cool kid, okay, and, and join in with filthy talk. Right, that was the main one. Josh, say, like, no. <laughs> you can join in with all of that with bullying uh, weird kids, right? Not saying there's not weird kids. There are, but we don't bully them. All right, we, we don't we don't engage in that. You, uh, join in in, in in dishonoring authority, sex, drugs, rock and roll. Fill in fill in the blank. Join in. You can be loyal to that to your reputation, or you can be loyal to Jesus. Yeah. Right, and this is just a live thing every day. And so I just want to exhort our junior high, high school. How do you going to college next year, Rachel? You're I think you're going to college next year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys not. You can get out of college. Okay, it's not too late. Um, but I'm saying you, you guys, like, like you, it's a, it's a daily live thing. Like you're going to have an opportunity to be with the cool kids, do the cool thing, or you can be loyal to Jesus. And we're just saying, Paul's just saying, look, be loyal to Jesus. Totally worth it. Okay, Heidi, like just totally worth it to say, guys, I'm just a nerd deal with it. I love Jesus. I can't. And you might lose friends. You might lose popularity, whatever. Totally worth it. Okay, if we suffer with him, we will reign with him. If we die with him, we will live with him. Okay, Kale, Caden, you high school guys, man, be loyal to Jesus over over the crowd and all that other stuff. Okay, that'll be fun for like two seconds. This will be fun forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And ever, and ever, and ever, and ever. Okay, and adults too, man. It doesn't stop after school, right? Like Tonkawa is basically just a larger high school, right? We still do the cool kid. We always got the cool people. We got the nerdy people. We got the whatever. Tonkawa is the same way. And you guys as adults have to choose. Am I going to be loyal to Jesus? Okay. Which means not engaging in things I used to engage in, not, not doing what all the people used to do. And they're going to look, and so say, we always did that at your house. Yeah. We all, we always went with you and did this. Like, yeah, I'm loyal to Jesus now. Okay. It's weird. OK, I, I'm basing my entire life on this story that this God of Israel incarnated, became a man, lived and taught, and then he died on a cross, went to a tomb. But spoiler, three days later, he rose up out of the grave. Forty days after that, he is floated up on a cloud, ascended to his father's right hand, and he's sitting there now, in mercy, he's going to come again on those same clouds to judge the living and the dead, and I'm basing my life off of that, so I can't come to your party. <laughs> like, <laughs> and they look at you like, well, I believe that too, yeah. Because we're in Tonkawa. Right? They say, "Oh yeah, totally." Not calling you next party to avoid this conversation, okay? It doesn't change after high school. I could tell you funny stories of college, because <laughs> as nerdy Jesus as I was in high school, in college I meet my best friend Daniel Wheeler, <laughs> who is way more nerdy Jesusy than I am. <laughs> and it, it actually it gets easier right if you've got someone else so like daniel's not doing it <laughs> um, No. I, I just guys we we choose loyalty to jesus over our reputations and i spent way too much time on this point um and so just to a couple weeks when we talk about evangelism this is actually uh, evangelism okay so back to little kid I don't this isn't a bragging story it's, it just has meant a lot to me and, and been helpful to me I would go to sleepover um, and, and uh, they would turn on a movie which is not even a bad movie I know what movie it was it wasn't even a bad movie but I knew I wasn't allowed to watch it so sleepover they turn on the movie I'm like oh I'm not lame enough to call my parents to come pick me up. Don't want to do, I don't want that reputation. <laughs> so I, luckily, I brought my library book, so I go to another room and I'm reading my book, because um, I can't watch the movie. Again, not even a bad movie. It was probably PG.. I just couldn't watch it. And uh, 15, 20 years later, the parent of that party comes to me who I'm adult Josh now.) Um, and says man that really meant a lot to me that you were a little kid and chose to do that uh and um like it it was evangelism like choosing loyalty again not i'm not condemning movies i'm just saying like that and you can do that okay so if it's initially like wow you're a jesus nerd come back around, especially when they're in a time of crisis, guess who they're coming to? The Jesus nerds, the weirdos, okay? All right, we, fourth, sorry, that was way too long. Our mission of worship requires loyalty to Jesus over the state, okay? Governments all over the earth, including ours, believe themselves to be Lord and King, and we make absolutely clear to them they are not, okay? Okay? The, the, the state is not God. Romans 10, Jesus is Lord. Caesar is not. Philippians 2, God exalted Jesus to the highest place and gave him the name that's above every name. And that at the name of Jesus, no other name should every knee on heaven, in heaven, on the earth, under the earth. Every knee should bow, okay? Every knee should bow in worship, in, in allegiance to him as sovereign over all the other sovereigns of the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus, the Messiah, no one else is Lord. To the glory of God the Father we make that claim unto death. OK, like the state is not God. God is God. Jesus is Lord. No, no one else gets our allegiance. So in the face of political pressure to cave and be unfaithful to the Lord, we don't cave. We don't. We, we, we just do not do it. This, this is the context of a lot of what's happening in Revelation. OK, so whether you think Revelation happened or you think we won't be here for it, I know we got. Both groups here, the principle remains the same, okay? We don't bow to the state. Revelation thirteen. They worshiped the dragon. They worshiped the beast. Okay? The world is giving allegiance, loyalty, fidelity to the dragon, to the beast, over Jesus. Okay? We're not faithful and loyal to him. We're loyal to them. Verse 7 and 8 He was given power to make war against the saints and to conquer them. And he was given authority over every tribe, people, language, and nation. And all the inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast. Okay? They've given allegiance to the state. Okay? To a demonically empowered government system. And God does not stand for this. OK, God does not tolerate treason lightly, and he therefore he will punish the world for treason. Revelation fourteen nine. if anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark right, as a sign of allegiance, OK, not to Jesus, but to the state, he will drink the wine of God's fury. OK, we don't we don't bow to the state. The state is not Lord Jesus is. OK, it doesn't mean we're rebellious. Right. I don't know how else to read. First Peter, right, was like, oh, OK, but we, we don't bow. We don't give our allegiance to the state. And if and when the kings of the earth call us to abandon our pledge of loyalty to Jesus, we refuse. We just refuse. OK, we refuse and we preach the gospel to them and say the day of the Lord is coming for you, my friend. You better repent and turn and trust in Jesus. OK, to teachers, at a at a national level our our uh government is uh insane. Absolutely insane. And they would have you teach lies to children. And if that comes I don't is not coming. Okay, if that comes to Tonkawa, well, you just refuse. Okay? You say no. And and if and if you lose your livelihood over it, guess whose job it is to help you and take care of you. What well, Helen read, right? It's us, right? Our teachers were faithful to Jesus, lost their jobs, all right, passed the plate. You know what I mean? Like, this is how asked to work. Stoney, Stoney's uh, principal next year. Congratulations, my man. Yeah. Um, anyway, they say, Stoney, you know, we got this mandate. You got to let boys in the girls' bathrooms. Stoney's out of a job. You know what I mean? Like, we, 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 we don't abandon loyalty to Jesus to the state we don't do it. Better to better poverty and loyalty to Jesus than riches with loyalty to the world. Okay? Fifth and and finally, we choose worship, and, we choose love and loyalty to Jesus in the midst of persecution and death. Like this is the main thing Jesus is talking about. Matthew uh, 13, Jesus assumes those who preach the message of the kingdom, those who abide and live by the message of the kingdom, will be persecuted, okay? So Matthew 13, parable of the seed and and the sower and the harvest. This is the one who hears the word concerning the kingdom and the resurrection and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, but he endures for a while. But when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, okay, not because you're a jerk, okay, a lot of evangelical i love the event i'm an evangelical fundamentalist christian as much as you can be but sometimes we say and do stupid stuff and people get mad at us and we say it's on account of the word it's like no it's on account of you being an idiot okay if it comes on account of the word okay immediately he falls away why 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 did he fall away someone told him you better deny jesus or else (laughs) Right? Persecution, tribulation on account of the word. So Jesus tells us up front in the parables over and over and over that true worship, love, loyalty to him will bring persecution and tribulation. And if there's no root, you fall away on account of those things. Uh, Matthew 24. Again, if you think it happened or you think we won't be here? Principle is the same. At that time, many will turn away from the faith, love, trust, loyalty. Many will turn away from loyalty to Jesus, will betray and hate each other. And why? Why is this happening? Verse 12. Because of the increase of wickedness. Okay? Genesis 3, the the Bible sets up the whole story. We have the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. And all of human history is is the seed of the serpent attacking, persecuting, hating the seed of the woman. The increase of wickedness because of this, the love of, the covenant faithfulness, the, the loyalty of many will grow cold because of wickedness. Not because you got bored. That's, a, that's another parable. This is Matthew 24. Because of wickedness, you, our, our, our love, our, our loyalty to the Lord goes away. It grows cold, right? And, and it becomes easier and easier and easier and easier to not choose loyalty to Jesus and give our loyalty to whoever is going to stop hurting us will grow cold, but, verse 13, he who stands firm in his love, in his fidelity, in his loyalty, he who stands firm to the end will be saved. Okay? You see the point Jesus is making? It's going to be hard to be loyal to him in the face of persecution. Okay? Like... We, sh- we shouldn't think about persecution lightly. We should tremble at it. Because it's easy to stand here in Tonkawa at, at, uh, in, in this awesome church building with these awesome people and say, I'm going to be faithful in the face of persecution. Um, and then it actually happens, right? This is why we work and live by faith in little things so that when the big things comes up, we've practiced a little bit, okay? It's going to be hard. And the way it works, I th- at least in my life, is... It subtly picks at you a little bit and a little bit and a little bit and a little bit. And when you resist and resist and resist and resist, then it comes for your life. Okay? It doesn't start out with uh, all the rapture movies as a guillotine. I don't know why it's always a guillotine. We don't start with a guillotine, right? It, it starts out with a little bit of loyalty. Okay? A little less faithfulness. And we must be those who, who resist. We must be those who, in our worship, stand firm to the end, pledging love, trust, and loyalty to Jesus, okay? So this is the first part of our mission. When I say the mission of our church is worship, this is the first part of what it means to be Christian Life Church. We love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength unto death. Deal? We can do that? Okay, so I want to end. I'm going too long. I'm going to be gone in a couple weeks, so I can do extra now. All right? (laughs) I want to end uh, each of these mission sermons uh, with practical application of how to cultivate this kind of culture in our church. Okay? How to actually do the mission and not just have it on our wall all pretty out there. Thank you, Jillian. Okay, so how do we cultivate a worshiping culture? Three things really quickly. First is gathering. Ooh. You know? Okay, Hebrews 10, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, the hope, the resurrection, the cross before the day unto eternal life. Let us hold to that for he who promised is faithful, hesed, loyal, okay? Um, He is faithful and let us consider how we might stir up one another towards love, love, right? Let us stir each other up in love loyalty um, to Jesus. And so how does the author of Hebrews think that's accomplished? How do we stir up one another to be loyal to Jesus? We don't give up meeting together. Okay? But we, uh, as in the summer, in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another in that love, all the more as we see the day approaching. So if you want to worship God, as, as we're describing here, you want to have a heart, soul, mind, and strength that shows love, trust, and loyalty to him, you gather okay, on Sundays here, on other days somewhere else, but faithful love, loyalty to God over everything requires the encouragement of other believers. It it, it was the Daniel story, right? It just, it got so much easier once Daniel showed up. Like, man, he's way nerdier than me. We can do this thing, okay? So we don't gather lightly, right? We, we, uh, We come in here, and it's, ever since we've been in this building, guys, everyone comes in here all just like, It's it's great, I love it, but we're not gathering lightly. We're gathering like, hey, this is to encourage us to be faithful to Jesus gun to our head, okay? Second thing, we cultivate worship through baptism... First Peter three, uh, the context here is, is to uh, first Peter's to shrink back from loyalty to God again in like public shame and, and, and persecution. So verse 13, he says, who then will harm you if you're devoted to what is good. But even if you should suffer for righteousness, you are blessed. Don't fear them. Don't be intimidated. But in your hearts, regard Christ. The Lord as holy for it's better to suffer for doing good if that should be God's will than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered for sins once for all the righteous for the unrighteous that he might bring you to God. The cross before the day. He was put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. We'll skip all the cool stuff. Verse 21. Baptism, which corresponds to this. Baptism that points to the message of Jesus. Life, death, cross, resurrection, ascension, saving you unto eternal life. Baptism corresponds to this. Now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as a (coughs) pledge of of a good conscience to the Lord. So in baptism, we are pledging ourselves publicly to the Lord, to the one who suffered once for sin, that he might bring us to God. Right. That, that's what baptism is doing. And so we do baptism publicly. The person being baptized is saying, I am loyal to Jesus. The people watching uh, 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 participating in the baptism, we say, yeah, you are. And we're going to give ourselves to making sure that allegiance stands firm to the end, and then the last one, we cultivate worshipful hearts at the table, okay Jesus covenant making meal bolsters our hope both in the promise of the coming kingdom and in the promise of his cross, right he gets you get all of redemptive history in the lord's Supper, so mark fourteen and I'll invite the musicians up. Jesus says, this is the blood of the covenant cross poured out for many. And he said to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it anew with you in the kingdom of God. The cross unto the day for I receive from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread. And whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death cross until he comes the day. So every week. When we gather, every week we take that cup and that bread, we are re-upping our allegiance to Jesus. We are re-upping our commitment to worship Jesus, give love, trust, and loyalty to him until he comes and after, right? We don't stop being loyal to Jesus in the age to come. It's just a lot easier, okay? So what I'm going to do today, hey guys, let's stand We'll pray after. I want to respond in worship first. So we'll sing and then we'll pray. Um, to, to, to close. Sorry, I was just waiting a um, I just want us to, to re-up today, okay? Recommit ourselves, like, like stand up, pledge allegiance to Jesus. Uh, Above everything. And so if you're a member of our church, this won't be the first time you've done this. But if you're here today, you've never given your allegiance to Jesus. You've got other loyalties, likely yourself is is number one. Today's the day put your trust in Jesus, put your hope in Jesus, give all of your allegiance to him. And so we're going to sing and respond to the Lord in in worship, in in loyalty, in fidelity. And then we're going to pray after that. And we want you to come and, and pray with an elder or if you're sitting next to a member of our church. Uh, pray with them and we can teach you, instruct you how to follow Jesus and give loyalty to So let's pray and then we will sing. Father, we, we come um, in humility this morning. Uh, God, bowing our knee before you above other gods. God, above our family, above our peer groups. God, above the state and, and even in the face of persecution. God, we we just give our loyalty to you. We ask you for the Spirit to help us. We ask you for the Spirit to to lead us in love, to lead us in loyalty. God, if we've broken our vows today, we, we recommit. We sign up and say yes. In the name of Jesus.